Welcome to the Do Shit Podcast, where we unlock the secrets to success in your business by using strategic action. It's time for another lesson and actionable assignment, so get ready to get more shit done with your hosts, Natalie Jean Miller and Amanda Mock. Hey guys, it's Amanda and Natalie. And today we're talking about what being a good service provider means, effective customer service, getting clients to be your cheerleaders and, and get being so fucking awesome that they make you money just by you being fucking awesome. And they fucking love your shit. Yes. All day, every day. All day, every day. Which wow. is every day. I'm for so those annoyed of you who with us speak. right now. Why? Because we just slang. Yes. I know. I set you up for that because I knew you were going to follow suit. Oh my God. I hate you. You can hate me later. I hate myself. But let's first talk about <laughs> providing co- good customer service. Good customer service. So let's let's talk about w- what good customer service really is. Because it's not just about giving your customers the warm fuzzies. Well, okay. So actually, great story that happened 20 minutes ago. Amanda and I went to lunch before we recorded this podcast. And we had a waitress at a really nice bar. We like their food. Yeah. But she completely ignored us. Mm-hmm. She only came to deliver drinks. To deliver food and deliver the check. But let, let, let's clarify that. She delivered our drinks the first time we ordered them. You got a soda. I got in a beer. Then she delivered our food and then she gave us our check. Yeah. That was the only three interactions we had. And it wasn't that she did all of those back to back either. Like that was in between forever waiting. Yeah. Oh, and then we had to wait for her to come to our table. Right. In a not packed bar, by the way. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. It was practically empty. Yeah. So... So why is that bad customer service? Is, is it because she didn't check in on us constantly? Or is it because we were just completely ignored and ignored. not attended? When, when you're ignored, you don't want to, A, buy from those people. You don't want to appreciate those people. And you don't want to refer those people. Right. So if we had had somebody text us maybe 20 minutes into our meal saying, hey, where are you guys at? Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. We would have been like, don't come here. Right. And they would have lost out on business. And so then when we're looking at good customer service, it's not just about hopping on the opposite end of that, right? Because if she came and she was hounding us constantly, would that have been good customer service or would that have been just as obnoxious? No, but she would have gotten a bigger tip than we left her. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely valid. Now, let's put it on the flip side. And because we've all, you know, sat at a restaurant and eaten at a restaurant, which which is why I'm using this example, If you have somebody who notices that your drink is low, you know, less than half full and comes over and he's like, oh, here's another drink whenever you're ready. Right. Or would you You like another drink if it's one that you're buying, like a beer? Yes, exactly. Um, And and if, you know, you're sitting there and you're in the restaurant, you're having a good time, you're going to realize that because they anticipated your needs, which is a sign of good customer service, Mm -hmm. that this is something that you'll want in the future. Right. And that means paying attention to your customers, not over like there's there's an element of over delivering, but then there's also over delivering to the point of overwhelm. So over delivering or over servicing isn't necessarily good customer service. Good customer service or being a good service provider. And I don't care what it is that you do. If you're selling physical products from a website or even a store, your service is that you're providing a good experience in buying those products. And the experience starts from A to Z. Like, uh, okay, since you brought up physical products, your product could be the best product on the market. It could be something so innovative that no one else has it. Mm -hmm. And it could be amazing. It never breaks. 
It never has a problem. But if your shipping is slower than a stagecoach, you have a problem. You have a serious problem because your customers are going to want it. They're not going to get it and they'll opt for a cheaper, shittier solution. That can be shipped in two days. That can be shipped in two days. And so it's not about over-delivering. It's not about over-servicing. It's not about even having the best. Like, I don't care how awesome whatever it is that you have that you're offering or how good the results are for how affordably. Like, if you're not listening to your customers, making them feel heard and wanted, and that's really what good customer service is, and that's what being a good service provider is, is making your customers, your clients, feel heard, feel wanted, knowing that their needs are going to be met, even if you can't meet them right away. Right. Yeah. If you can't anticipate their needs, it's okay. But if you're quick to respond, if you're quick to act, they're going to say, oh, well, yeah, so-and-so, you know, talked to me and and XYZ broke. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it worked out great because I have this end result. Right. Whether it's the deliverable got there eventually, whether it was on time or, you know, went to Kalamazoo and back. Well, and really what it comes down to is just listening and responding appropriately. Yeah. And some and sometimes responding appropriately means you can't solve what they're saying their problem is. But if you can and you're not doing it, then you're a shitty service provider. Which really, uh, I, I would be so bold as to say that most people really suck at running their businesses and servicing their clients. Yeah, but I think as a customer and coming from that end, we have such either it's super high standards or super low standards that when either somebody goes below it or exceeds it, we're over the moon. So for instance, if you had an electricity company that was had like maybe medium customer service, I know out here we have Southern California Edison, which is totally not amazing. But if they were to step it up, like let's say ABC energy company came out here and it's like, Hey, we're another option. We're really nice. And we have super cool customer service and you get somebody on the phone. We would all be like, hey, city of, you know, wherever, take ABC over SoCal, please. Yeah, but you also don't want to specifically do that to manipulate. Like if you're going to, and which no. is why I feel like most business owners when they're just getting started are such shitty at their, they're so shitty at their customer service because they feel like they only have to be an nth degree better instead of they have to do a good job. No, right? I totally agree. And so like the, the in certain spaces... Or in what their experiences are, the bar was set low, so therefore they just need to go slightly above the bar. And that's what makes them a shitty customer service provider. Like, you got to really want to serve. And serve doesn't mean give deliverables. It means... And not be walked upon either. And not be... Yeah, not get walked all over. Because it's not about giving, giving away things. It's not about deliverables. It's about listening and responding to what people are saying they're having issues with. And that's how you create a good fan. That, that's how you create an amazing fan that will like rant and rave about your product and get you get you a result. Right. Yeah. And I mean, great example of that from last episode is when we were talking about Bluehost. Right. Because we'll sing their prizes to the end of, end of the earth. Right. And they're so. my favorite. And so here goes here. Here goes great customer service. Right. As a as a, as a as someone who consults yeah. and owns an outsourcing company. I get people come to me all the time asking me for a web hosting provider. And I want to give them somebody so that they don't come back to me asking me what to do with their website. Right. right exactly. <laughs> so, or also complaining too. Complaining, right? So if somebody's going to come to me and they're going to say that they want something, they want a solution that's outside of the realm that I provide, 
I'm going to give them someplace that's going to make it so that they're not creating another job for me. If you're starting or you're running or you're growing a business and you wash your hands of all responsibility and trying to make something work, you're a shitty service provider. Even if it's not what you handle, like as an example, Bluehost, if you install WordPress and you're having a, a strange WordPress issue, if it's a totally custom coded like WordPress site or a theme that you're having a problem with, no, they're not going to completely fix it, but they will actually take the time to troubleshoot it and tell you what's wrong with it. And if it's something that since they're already in there, they can fix, they will. Yeah. Right. And they don't have to do that. They're a hosting company. You're paying them to, to hold your website files, not troubleshoot your WordPress site. Right. However, they hear and understand that this is a widely used platform, that their services are, they, they complement. I mean, you're not going to have And they recommend site. WordPress as well. Well, they so. recommend WordPress because everyone uses it. If everybody stopped using WordPress, they wouldn't recommend it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, however, if, if you would install a WordPress site, and Bluehost just wouldn't help you. You had this with your previous hosting provider, oh, actually. Gosh, yeah. we, won't, we won't say who they are. But you had, like, a really minor issue. And they're, they're like, wiping their hands together and go, nope, sorry, we can't help you with that. Your site, your, ho your hosting, your issue. Right. Were you being tech-tarded if you go to Bluehost and you're like, and I love you, but you're tech-tarded. <laughs> well, we've already established this. You go to Bluehost, you break a thing on their site, Bluehost will go, oh, it's okay. We just reverted it to a thing or we just undid the thing that you did in the code and now your site's back up and running. Which they have done multiple times because they're fantastic. <laughs> and because you break your site a lot. Well, I don't anymore because I don't mess with it. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> I have learned... But let's take that and kind of like translate it into our own base. Let's talk about our own failures. Oh, gosh. Insert, is that embarrassing? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on. Let's, let's be real. Who doesn't like talking about their failures? Yeah, but the reality is that they happen, and you got to take that and learn from it in your business, right? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So why, why don't you talk about your biggest failure with a client? Um, I tend to be... Um, you know, it's really funny. I'm really good at communicating to customers. I suck at communicating to clients. And I'll say this, um, can and you, I'll distinguish. Can you clarify yes. the, yeah, those definitions. So for instance, if a client comes and knocks on my doors and says, Hey, this is my target market. These are my customers. This is what they want. This is what they have trouble with. This is what I'm selling. It's communicating to that audience, their audience. Easy peasy. I could do it in my sleep blindfolded, you know, while beating a pinata. Like it's not even a problem, mm -hmm. but then if they go, hi, I have this really vague question and I really want you to do X, Y, Z, but I don't know how to ask you. I have no clue how to communicate with them sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, obviously over the years I've gotten far better than I used to be. Right. But it is something that I'm actively working on mm -hmm. because when somebody comes to me and they're like, hi, I have a really vague question and I don't know how to ask you or hi, I want you to do this thing. Oh, but you don't really do it, but I'm going to ask you anyways. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you for inquiring. <laughs> um, I will get back to you. No, yes, maybe. I think so. Red, blue, green. Yeah. It, it's the listening to the client part that things break down, you'd say? I wouldn't say it was the listening. It's, it's me verbalizing what I need to get across. Right. And it's, an it's a lost in translation thing. Yeah. It is an acquired skill. And yeah. it is an acquired skill. I would say, though, in, in relation to that, that the biggest 
you and I have talked about it and it hasn't come across in anything that you just said because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of context missing. But I would say that's also related to, and I've been guilty of this early in my career too, of taking client feedback too personally. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. I was going to step side around that one, but were you, you just uh, hit that one out of the park. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Cause I think that's, that's one of the issues that most people have. Yeah. And I think for me coming from a creative space, it's a little bit harder. It's kind of like telling an artist, oh, your painting sucks. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, it's it's writing is the art. And it's very much creating a sales page. Yes, there's a science to it. And there's also an art form. Right. Just like writing any other copy. It's a very, very artful thing. And it's very subjective. So you could have a client that's like, oh, no, this is crap. And you're like, but it's making all of your sales? <laughs> How is that crappy? Because they personally don't like it. Right. And I think what happens when customer service gets shitty, especially with small and bi- small and medium-sized business owners, is when you're taking those personal aspects and you're allowing it to affect the way you do business. Yeah. You know. So what would be your failure? I would say it would be that that same point. And I've gotten I've gotten separated enough mostly that it's not an issue for me personally. Oh, that's true, yeah. But I have a team of associates where they deal with that daily. You know, I have people that like if they implement the most amazing funnel with like the best bits of marketing based on their experience in there and we have a client that just doesn't get it and then therefore hates it and then blames the associates for it, even though they asked us for a specific end result, no matter how much they're paying us, it'll always happen. Right. Like, I mean, we have lots of really amazing clients. Most of our clients like we absolutely love, but there's always going to be those one or two that just suck. (laughs) It's really hard And this is why we've personally implemented like project managers and stuff like that. But when someone looks at something that you've put hours into that you really care about them getting an end result and they just think it's terrible and they want and they want you to ugly it up. Basically, they do. I know. But that. (laughs) But it it drives me crazy. It happens all the time. And that's so, so that that element of driving it crazy, that's taking it too personally. Right. Oh, yeah. But see, then my other thing is I want to kind of defend it. I want to be the white knight for it and be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. But then you can't tell the client that they're wrong. Right. Because that's bad customer service. Well, I think there's ways to tiptoe around it. I mean, you know, in my private consulting, I mean, I'm called the dream crusher. For good reason. And I'll I'll yell at people straight up. Yes. And you do make boyfriends cry. Ex-boyfriends. <laughs> well, at the time they were your boyfriends, but yes, you have you have made grown men come to tears. So I, I w- I've made multiple grown men come to tears. Oh, see, I only knew of one, but now now I respect you even more. <laughs> so, like in my experience, granted, it's also my personality. I think you can say no. It just depends on how you say no. Yeah, and that goes back to great customer service. Great customer service comes with making sure that your customers feel heard. Like if you repeat back to them exactly what they said to you to make sure you're on the same page, that you're both get it, that, that you're good, you're gravy, right? Then you walk them through the logic to get what they want and then explain why your solution is better. <laughs> Typically, they'll end up defaulting unless they're just buttheads. Yeah. And then at that point, you should probably start charging more to eliminate them from your prospective client list anyway. Or figure out where they came from. Because if it's obviously an affiliate, like we were talking about last time, kick them to the curb. 
Right. Because sometimes even the best customer service can't uh, make happy the most uh, irritated or annoyed of clients. Right. So is there any other failures that you would say kind of that you've seen? Because, I mean, you have a coaching practice, too. Our, yeah. No, our heart, hardest part, it, it's always the same area. It, it's dealing with clients when they had a different vision than what reality will give them. So what would be your like top couple tips? Like if you are one of those people like ourselves, either past, present or future, mm -hmm. where you're taking something personally, since you've given advice on this a thousand times, what right. would you say to somebody? Ooh, taking it personally. Well, I would say first look at what the actual issue is. And if you're saying that the issue is that the client's an idiot, then you're not paying attention to the issue. Oh, yeah, because that's the easy way out. Oh, well, the client the doesn't know shit. Yeah, yeah, the client doesn't know what they're talking about or they're all just stupid. Right. Then then you're not really you know, you're not really listening to the client. And it's OK to be angry at first. Like, get it's it out totally of your system. OK, <laughs> by all means, get pissed. You're allowed to. But if you're if your first instinct or if you're working in the marketplace and you think that everybody you're working with is just they're idiots and they don't know what they're doing, then you are not listening. You're not listening. You're being a selfish jerk face and you're not listening. <laughs> yeah, I would say like your next step once you're done being pissed off is possibly even have somebody else read the email. I mean, we've done this before mm -hmm. where I've thrown out hypotheticals and you've thrown out hypotheticals. Like, let's say in a magical distant future, this happens. What would you do? Right. And we've done that as each other's sounding boards. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's kind of nice to know entrepreneurs, to know other people, whether they own, you know, multiple businesses, one business, online, offline, whatever, and just run it by them. Be like, right. hey, if you have this situation with a customer, you know, they're screaming at you, whether you're at a cash register or over the phone or on Skype or whatever, what do you do? Right. It's good to have that, you know, third party step in and say, Oh, well, if it's over this, I would tweak this or I would say this or I would do this. Right. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. So, but the first step is to recognize where are you putting the blame? And if you're putting all the blame on your customers or if you're putting all your blame on team members that are implementing for you. Same thing. Yeah. Like you need to reassess how you're looking at that buddy. And it, it could be possible. It could be that the, your team member has a problem, in which case you need to evaluate if they're a valuable team member, if they're an asset or not. Or if you're telling them to do the work wrong. But then it's That's not a blame too. game. You're looking at how to do the job, which goes to the, to the next step, which is you find a solution, right? First off, you stop blaming anyone. You don't blame the customer. You don't blame yourself. You don't blame the associate. You don't blame anyone, right? You stop the blame game completely and say, this is a situation that needs fixing and no one's at fault. And... You know, I say that in general, but really that's how you should approach it. Because if True. you approach it with the associate, like, oh, you're at fault and you ruined this and now it's broken and we have to fix it. Do you think that team member is really going to work with you to fix it? Yeah. And they're going to be just completely spiteful. And then if you have a client that completely broke something, you're like, oh, God, I can't believe you broke this. Like, do you think they're going to be responsive or give you a referral after the end of that? No, they're going to. Cut the check as fast as they can and leave and Dodge. Out. Yeah, they're going to be like, man, they serviced me, but what assholes. <laughs> right, and that's what we're trying to prevent, which is right. the whole theme of today's show. Right, and so to step away from that's the first thing. But then next, find a solution. So after you've unattached personal individuals from it, and even software that is broken, right? It doesn't matter what's broken down. It doesn't matter what stopped working. You need to find a solution. So whatever your excuses are behind, well, but this system went down and this thing did that thing and whatever, or my mom came into town and she saw porn on my computer and crashed it. 
Because moms do that, right? I don't know. I don't My know mom either. would probably just sit there and be like, oh, what are you looking at? <laughs> but like whatever happens, like it doesn't matter. It already happened. It's already broken. Now you find the solution. You solve the problem and you explain to your customers how you solve the problem, why you solve the problem that way, and most importantly, why it matters to them. Right? Yeah. Then after all of that's done, after it's done to the point where it's like you can walk away and you're done and you can take a deep breath and just it's over, then you go back and reevaluate what could have been done differently. Right. You look at your systems. You, you look, look at, at your, your systems. people. Yeah. And that really, that process even applies to following up with incredibly happy customers. True. You got to remind them that you're out there. It's Yeah. Well, you remind them that you're out there, but you also first remove yourself emotionally from the equation. And then you allow a conversation to happen, whether that be you reaching out personally and talking to them or sending out regular surveys. Hey, what did you like? What did you not like? How would you rate this? Right. Correct. And I know myself included, like filling out surveys is fucking stupid. Like, but I if you it. love that company, you'll do it. You're more than happy to do it. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Or and with the the reverse, <laughs> if you hate it. Yep. You're going to give it a bad review just like they do on Amazon. Exactly. Or Exactly. And, and I'll say this, if you're going out and reaching out and doing those surveys and nobody or trying to, and nobody's responding, then that means your customer are your customers and your clients are in a place of meh, right? Yeah. They're just in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And the majority of people who end up switching and going to different service providers are in that place. Right. Yeah. Cause you know that your bad, your bad people are going to leave regardless. Your bad people are going to leave regardless. The people that love you are going to stay, but most people are in a place of meh. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, they're like, they're not bad, but they're not amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they're amazing. Oh, Hey, look, this place does the same thing for less. I guess I'll go over here. And that's where you'll, you will lose most of your customers, which is why amazing customer service, making them hear, feel heard and talking to them is the most important thing. Right. So that leads us into uh, basically your actionable thing for the week. And the one that we came up with was to ask your number one customer or customers what they love about your business and what they hate about your business. And this is really important to do of, of customers that are really on your team because ones that you have a good relationship with are very likely to actually give you pretty constructive feedback. Oh yeah. They'll tell you and they'll be honest. They'll tell you, Hey, we love you because you have this thing and we totally need it in our business. But if you change your user interface, that'd be great. Right. Because everything's ugly and I don't know where it is. Right. <laughs> Sorry. We're talking about a Hootsuite, um, little mean tweets, YouTube that they posted. Yeah. We saw, back. yeah, we saw a Hootsuite, uh, meme thing where they were responding and then they updated their UI. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Hmm, maybe we should take this under advisement. <laughs> so until next week, we'll see you. I hope that you guys have some fun talking to your customers well, and finding out. What so go, at, go ahead and share with us. You guys, after you reach out to your, your number one customer or whoever your number one customers are, share with us what they've said that you should improve on and how you feel about that. And how you're going to take that advice and use it to make your business better. And if you don't have any customers or clients, then I want you to go out and try and find someone who's your ideal customer. If you go out, even if it's just you because you have an idea, I, I guarantee this. If you go out into a community, like just find a Facebook group of people who like would be your ideal clients and just be transparent and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to start this new business and I'm new to this space. 
uh, would anybody mind talking to me about what their experiences are with other pieces of software or or other service providers or this or, product or yeah. whatever yeah i guarantee you you can at least find one person and ask them what they love or hate about your competitors products so you can roll that into yours until next week we'll see you have a great week and we out bye thanks for listening to this episode of the do shit podcast now it's time to take action Natalie and Amanda have put together an exclusive Facebook group to help you grow your business even faster and get more shit done. Ready to join? Head to the website at doshitpodcast.com and sign up. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah.